Well, this is Duna the Priest, Duna the Barber, man, and you're watching Real Life Street Stars, man. And I've been officially co-signed by the man himself, joking the whole fam as the priest of the streets, man. Yeah, DL Dub, stand up, man. I wouldn't even goddamn recording. Let's bring it all the way back. Goddamn. Okay. Glad I yeah. caught that. Hold on, wait. I'm, I'm going to start it back off. Still give you introduction. Still, give, still give us our love. It's innate in me. To yes, talk still give us our love. We, I still want that love. Yeah, <laughs> Are we going to start it back off in three, two, real life street stars, man. We yeah. got back in the building, man. <laughs> goddamn it, Dooney the priest. Yeah. Priest of the streets in the building. We got him back on the couch, man. If y'all ain't know, he was on the old couch. Now we got him on the blue couch. Oh. Uh, welcome back, first and foremost, man. How you been? That's what's up, man. Dooney the priest, man. Dooney the barber. Y'all know what the fuck going on, man. You know yeah, man. But listen, man, just want to say thank you, man, Joker, man. Y'all real life street stars, man, for co-signing me, uh, basically to be the priest of the streets at Real Life Street Stars, man. So thank you for allowing me to be on the blue couch. So y'all remember me from uh, probably, and I know that's all about to go viral, like for real, for real viral, yeah. uh, on some millions of views now, trust me, because I'm gonna prophesy that. Yeah. But I was on the last couch, man, to where it was before the pandemic. So thank you for having me on the couch after the pandemic. And it's yeah. the blue couch. This is the blue couch. So, now, yeah, yeah. real quick, another level now. because what they see, and for those who may not know you, they see Dooney the Priest, they see the Holy Bible, they see the crown, yeah. they see a bandana and they may not see you got a bandana wrapped around your your, your leg we, we, we yeah. camera ain't going that low but you got a bandana wrapped around your head so they probably wonder man you got a priest yeah. with the uh with the with the uh the deacons uh you know with the garb but yeah he has a bandana on rosemary, the bees. yeah the rosemary the bees they got the aunt right there but and, and then and then you then you uh repping grape street <laughs> so, no, so tell us about the thoughts behind it's not the great tree, it's not the great tree though. Uh, great the thoughts tree. behind yeah. um Duna the priest again the bible right there uh mm -hmm. the crown the rosary uh the garb and then you have a bandana around your head tell us why that is basically the bandana is almost like a kufi it's just the presence of god in the street presence, uh, when I'm in the streets, God just protects me, the ancestors protect me from that perspective. Uh, the holy attire, when they come on, to, uh, when they come to what I have on now, is the priest attire, yes. whereas the priest connects with God to help one that don't understand or no, don't know how to navigate through life. That's what the priest's job is to do. And as a minister, an ordained minister, that, that's where this whole attire comes from. So it's doing it to preach because doing it is a nickname. But that's what it is, man. It's like a kufi, but yet represents coming from the streets, out of darkness, or understanding the street to a God's marvelous light because I'm peculiar. So it looks peculiar because I understand the deities and the science of doctrine and religions, man. So Man, there you go. From that perspective. But that's what it is, man. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. As you hit the beauty supply and buy that bandana, they probably, they do not think you're gonna Go do some priestly 
shit. They probably think, oh, this, this guy got it going down. Like, give me three, give me three of them purple ones, man. We got, we got, yeah, we got some things, we got some things to handle. <laughs> right, right, right. Nah, man. It's, but no it's, blessings, it's, blessings to have you back. Definitely represented from a positive perspective, man. Because it, it, it also represents that one don't have to be become subject to that. Thank you for that because yeah, change, yeah. change the thought process of when people look at colors and bandanas yeah. of what that even means. I know the '90s was a long way away, but let's change the uh, the concept of what a bandana even is, man. Oh, yeah, man. Um, thank you for coming yeah. through, man, because. The last time that we had you here, man, I ain't gonna lie. Uh, if they go back and watch old old interviews, um, they would see that, uh, man, you was on, uh, uh, let's say, uh, Bishop T D. Jakes. Uh, uh, you was on him. You was, uh, why you ain't call me, Bishop? Call me. Uh, what, what, first of all, for those who don't know, uh, what was the issue between you and Bishop Jakes, and what is the status of that situation now? Man, I'm glad you asked that, man. Let me let me just say I apologize first. Let me just start off with if we watch the old videos. Uh, and that's about to go viral too. That's about to go extra viral because you got to go back and research the old videos to understand where God has brought me from or where I've evolved. But I just want to say I apologize to Bishop T.D. Jakes uh, for the offensive language that I used because at that time, and as well as the Catholic Church, because I was upset with the with with, with some of the, the the priests, you know, saying that's in the Catholicism or the church you know, uh, kind of violate young people, you know what I'm saying? And so, but at the same time, Bishop, our situation was, you know, stemmed from Megafest. It stemmed from uh, people misrepresenting his name, uh, coming at me in a way to where they didn't know that I was fighting with my old man at the same time to where I almost got in the flesh on some things. So I, I wanted to discuss some things with Bishop Jakes to where we can, I could share with him what I was going through at that moment. But uh, uh, what I have experienced, what I had experienced and being ostracized from the potter's house or the music industry itself, dealing with certain people that claimed that they was in a certain position. But again, man, I was, I want to talk to him. I still do. And so, but if he calls me, but I know he's busy with, with all the things that he's doing, but really, man, I would really like to talk with his daughter, man, because I believe she is the basically the portal to the new generation that's coming up, man. And I believe that the church right now is so disconnected. The body of believers is so disconnected with the streets to whereas, man, they they looking for answers. The streets is looking for answers, and the church itself, as body of believers, are looking for answers to reconnect with the streets, man, or uh, the urban youth. Okay, and so I would like to tap in with Sarah. So yeah, I might just put so, up at the potter's house. His daughter. What does his daughter do? Um, well, she she basically has the mantle. If you understand mantle, when mantle is passed down, I watch Greenleaf, so I, I, <laughs> I know a little bit about. <laughs> but when you understand uh, being anointed, or you understand the mantle. Bishop's mantle is basically it is it, most likely it's resting upon Sarah. And we'll go, we'll get deep with that later. But I hadn't heard from him. You okay. know what I'm saying? Uh, still waiting to hear from him. You know, All right. so we can But you do apologize. Um did any of his other family members reach out to you or yeah, talk to you? Yeah, I apologize. And then what happened, you know, I've been cutting Bishop when he first moved to Dallas back in the nineties. I was cutting Bishop, his sons, uh Dexter, Jamar, Jermaine, and Sarah and Cora, they 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 was my daughter's age, so I would bring my daughters over his house sometimes, and they all would go and play, his little girls, whatever. But I would cut his son, and so Jamar, uh, Jermaine, Jermaine came to see me one day, and he was like, Duna, what's going on? What, what, what happened? And so I explained some things to him, and me and him got an understanding on why I wanted to reach out and touch and, and talk with his dad. So he got it, but he was kind of explaining to me, man, my dad getting older, man. He, you know, right now he just trying to focus on setting some things up for us and the grandkids. I was like, man, I got it, man. I get it. So let me ask you, um, you had just said something at the beginning of that conversation where you said there were some things going on with 
priests and young men, young kids uh, that you weren't cool with? You know, in the Catholic Church, in the if you look at the old video, I went off on the uh, Catholicism in the Catholic Church because at that time they were a lot of the priests that that controlled a lot of the diocese, the diocese or the temples or the cathedrals or the church in which the priests preach in, and so. Some, some, some of them had twisted minds to where they was violating young men. And it was in the news. And if you notice, man, Catholicism, you know what I'm saying, is bigger almost than the local news. Because you may see a priest, a priest, I'm talking about a priest that preach at the, the, the cathedrals. You may see them get in trouble for violating uh, 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 somebody young. And they might be in the media maybe for a, a week, not even a week, maybe a day or two. But if you notice, they disappear. It's because in Catholicism, in the order of the church, which is Catholicism, they deal with their own within. And so yeah. that's why they disappeared. And so I was addressing that issue from an urban perspective yeah. of, of, of being anti-violating young people. So I was like, listen, as a priest, as a street priest, I understand the text and the doctrine on which you are supposed to administer. But you are out of order when it comes to violating young people. So from an urban yeah, I thought you cussing their ass out. Yeah, but I do want to apologize because because they deal with it and they move on. And I want to apologize if they felt offended because that is an organization that's been around for a long time and they've reached many lives and touched and changed many lives. Yeah, I thought so you were. Um, one day we're yeah, I thought I ain't gonna lie. I thought you were talking about you know what they're doing like the Catholic church with the, the little boys and altar boys. But but anyway, we, that's another no, thing. So let me ask you. See, that, that might be part of some rituals and stuff that they that, was uh, exposed to too. But see, that's on another level. We're going to have to have a podcast. I, yeah, that's a podcast because I, I think that's just abuse of power um, of, you know, men who, men who, men who feel they're godlike uh, as they get closer to God and they start feeling they're godlike. Well, that's abuse of power because first of all, psychologically, you have to understand what you're being taught in the rituals. See, rituals come with doctrines and people don't understand that rituals come with spirituality yes rituals come with something that you would do on a religious basis which is you to, to re-enter or to to rebind yourself back to and you have to be taught rituals and rituals are supposed to be things that are set in place to connect one with that which is divine and so when rituals like that sick rituals like that 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 contributes to the doctrines of Catholicism, you know, we can get deep into that with even sucking little boy penises and all that stuff. See, all that stuff was rituals back in the day. Damn. You know, the rituals of eating flesh and drinking blood. See, we have to talk about all that. And that's just not the Catholic Church. There's a lot of rituals and ritualism that goes on within rituals of people trying to tap into the next world. So what are your thoughts on the Holy Ghost and people catching it? And see you, see you, you trying to. I'm just got to get a not, podcast because see, I not, say, well, so the reason why I say that is because if I say something pertaining to that, <sighs> we have to go into the whole. Thing. Yeah, we got to go deep. We got to go deep. Precept on precept upon precept, so I can explain why the theses or the theory came out of the idea came about because I've studied the origin of what a Holy Ghost or the Holy Ghost is. So, so we, we'll, we'll, say, that that we'll, we'll say, say that for the podcast. We'll say that for the podcast. So man, that's the priest, man. That's yeah. the, on the knowledge of the world, you know, we tap into like Sarnetta and all them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I ain't gonna lie, Sarnetta, he, he gonna be here in two weeks. He gonna be, he, he gonna be, he gonna be on his couch in two weeks. Sarnetta is the fucking God, man. I'll make sure. Well, I'm, fuck Sarnetta, man. Yeah, yeah. The way he did Polite, you know what I'm saying now? Now he said he didn't know what's going on with Polite. He said, hey, 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 uh, hey, no, hey. No, no, Polite nigga got a, he got a, if he did anything that is contrary to what he's supposed to be doing, or people, uh, uh, or the question, uh, admitted he done, or he admitted to, if he did anything like that, then he, yeah, he have to pay with his life. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, he do. But, but, but Sarnetta has to take. But, but 
Hold on, so matter what? He has to he has to lay on the sword as well. Yeah, but but here's the deal. <laughs> don't don't count him out though. Still, you know, come to that brother man and beat up for him, even if it's just conversation or just beat up for him because I understand what you mean. I got a lot of shit going on, man. And uh, yeah. right now he gotta reap his consequences if he done it. But hold on. No, you're right. You, but here's the deal. Polite has contributed to the conscious community like no other. No, you're right. He's a fucking God. When a man is down, don't just count him all the way out, still yeah. be there to bring him back but, up. Polite but the reason I say size the fucking God because everything that everyone in the conscious community from Cyrus Student City to Polite that's consciously even you had Kevin Wesley yes. all of them that has been exposed man on a conscious level of high vibration has has come through Sonata TV or you know one on one black news yeah. so shout out that's why I say he's a fucking god he's my ultimate teacher uh, but it's, it's teachers that have embraced his platform that I have truly learned from to help me find myself but Polite is the debater of all fucking times when it comes to the knowledge that he has contributed to the conscious community but with character flaws, me being from the church, I've seen ministers get put on pedestals or leaders get put on pedestals as though they were God, but have character flaws where people will look at their character flaws and just discredit the message. Yeah, discredit done. the message that's discredit getting passed. The message. So I say this, man. That's why I said so, Sarnetta, but I respect so, Sarnetta. Can I get I'm your thoughts? Ride and die with when I'm loyal to you, you know what I'm saying? Can I get your thoughts on uh, Brother Whitehead, who? Um, was out in New York, passed out of New York. He, he was robbed, but it looked like he was robbing the people because he was wearing nothing but Gucci, none but Fendi, uh, designer clothes all the way down. And it sounds like when the feds came in on him that, yes, he was taking the church's money and really investing himself. And he's saying, man, I'm supposed to look like this. I'm supposed to be dripped down. I'm supposed to be draped up. Um, what are your thoughts on that as far as people getting lost in the pastors, what he's doing with the money versus the message that he's giving that may have make you change your light or outlook on life that day? Mm, well, that's good. I'm glad you asked me that, man. And when it comes to the structure of the church, you got to understand the church is really supposed to be set up nonprofit, which is a 501c3. Okay? Supposed so, to be. Supposed to be. Yeah. Supposedly. Okay, so it depends on where he sit with the tax bracket. So if he wasn't set up like that or if he was dealing and dabbling into government funds that was supposed to be donated to 501c3, then them funds have to be allocated to whereas he has a salary. Now, on the other hand, Bishop Jake does it differently. And I learned this just being in the science of the church and being behind the scene. Bishop Jake has a business called T.D. Jake's Ministry. Okay, it's a ministry, but it's not a ministry. It's just a business with an LLC. Then he mm. has the Potter's House. The Potter's House is 501c3 funded through the government. So that's when he has to stay within the parameters of government structure. Can't talk about the gays, all that. So you can get money through that. And so he he's supposed to be on a salary when it comes to those funds, which he don't take a salary. You know why he don't take a salary? He told me Shoot. one, and he said it on camera. It's because he has TDJ's Ministries, which is a business. It's for profit business. So if you set up LLC and people are buying your tapes and DVDs and everything through your business, then you can be profitable from that. Yeah, yeah. So it's really basically the He's juking again. He's juking again. And so if the feds walked in on this particular minister and he wasn't set up to uh, to, to receive those funds through a profitable, a profitable business to pay taxes upon, then, yeah, he's and he's taking it from the church uh, perspective or from the offerings that the 10% that the saints supposed to be giving, then yeah, he had to read the consequences on that first on a federal level, which is you tapping into government funds without paying taxes and you out here flossing and you're not structured on, on a business end, right? So yeah, he's going to have to suffer that from that perspective first. 
before it exposes itself naturally. And that's what happened. You know, the feds came and got him and it made him look bad and it discredited his character when it came to distributing the funds, which supposed to be for the people. Now, if you got Gucci and stuff, go open up some businesses, man. You know, like everybody else, man, go Gucci. Let that let that be when you pay for anything that's tax write-off because that's part of your uniform. Yes. But don't let it be because the church people are bringing, uh, the saints are bringing funds to the church off their 10%, Malachi 310, when you bring 10% to the priest, and then you take those funds and you allocate them within your personal gain. Then, yeah, you got to reap the consequences. God going to get in your ass for that. Is there a way that if... Um he was to use those funds and like hit Harry Hines and uh, you know buy him some cat. Is there a way to write that off? Uh, no, you can't write that shit out. You know, you're supposed to be fucking with the funds, man. Like I said, if he got if he got the devil own, lurking, if he got his own business, then hey, hey man, take right off within your business. Yeah, it's profitable. Yeah. Hey man, that's part of hey man, that's part of massaging. You know, okay. you part of that. I don't know. Yeah. Pay your taxes, man. Pay that's taxes, man. But don't fuck with the uh, the funds, man. That come through the church, man. Y'all got to screw my language on that because no, we no we. Excuse the problem with pastors, you know, not being structured or set up right. You got a church, you're not even 501c3. You know, I've been fucking with the church for over 20, 30 yeah, years. I ain't gonna lie to you. Gospel rapper. So, and, and that's what we're gonna talk about, Ryan, because he's scared that he fuck with the church because, as my manager, because he feel like that he robbing the church. I said, no, nah, the church been doing monetary business for years before you and I even came. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you. There was a pastor that came from Chicago down to Houston to um, minister. Yeah. They invited him out, and then uh, he did the, you know, he came to the church, he did the minister, but he came outside, yeah. and uh, the truck that he drove down that was on, like, 24s, the rims were missing. But... I wasn't so much tripping about the rhythm. I'm like, why are you on 24s? Like, well, why is that? A, why is that a thing? Like, I mean, anyway. But ain't no wrong with the Add a couple inches, inches to the rims. I, I, me, I floss in, in the holy gear. I, I can give a damn about a, uh, a forty thousand dollar necklace. And I got a problem with niggas walking around with forty, fifty thousand dollar necklaces. Anyway, you ain't got a crib. You ain't got no car. Yeah. You ain't got a fucking business. You ain't got an LLC. What the yeah, fuck is you doing? I, I would hope they do it with insurance. Like at least don't do it. What insurance? What you mean? Have so, a necklace with insurance? No. So what I mean is, what I mean is, uh, no. What I mean is, if you have insurance on your necklace, if something was to take it, hopefully with insurance, as everybody knows, mm -hmm. it's to it's to indemnify, which is you know make even. But hopefully your shit is worth a little more oh, on paper yeah. that you you come up. No disrespect. Anybody <laughs> want to drill, man? Drill, man. Pop your shit, man. Diamond for the eighty thousand dollars. Like I said, I have a, I don't have a problem with people flossing. I mean, sometimes you got to floss. You got to show. I did it, man. Thirty years ago. Shit, I had grills everywhere. I had grills at the top, oh, grills damn. at the bottom. Yeah, oh, everybody damn. know me from back in the day as the gospel rapper for Curie Regular. They'll know when Doom did gospel rapper, he popped out. He had grills. Let me ask you. I waved before When my you were flossing, did it did it have the desired effect that you wanted off of flossing? It had the, uh, the effect at that time to show the Christian kids that they can be cool too. Because at that time, you had to cool to serve God. Okay? Yes. And you gotta be cool. You sugar. had like people like Master P and them was coming out and they had grills, they had they had medallions, they had all this stuff on. So we've always done that to to whereas it could contribute to the influence. Yes. You know, and that's why crossover to these young kids and that's why kids today say if you ain't dripping or you don't look good, you ain't doing shit. Yeah, right. So, but my thing is where I've elevated from is that it really don't take all that they because uh, this is a new day, a new generation to where they really looking at your actions. Most of the time, when it but Joe flossing, there's nothing wrong with flossing. But it's really at, at the end of the day, they gonna find out if you flossing or you stunting 
Oh, you flossing because you really can floss like that. And some people just really can't floss like that. And that's what I mean by you ain't got no house, you ain't got a car, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you ain't got no good credit, you ain't got you ain't got shit to go on, but other than to tell people that you got a sixty thousand dollar necklace on. So invest into some shit. Invest into yourself, man. Come on, man. Let's talk about it. Man, so I'm on that. So it's not about me. No, no. So I'm. I'm, I'm Go If I did have fifty or sixty thousand dollars. You know, I ain't gonna put my business out there to, to go buy a necklace. It wouldn't be that because my mindset has elevated now from 30 years ago to where I would take that and put it into some investment um, areas to where that money is making money for me now. And, and I would take that money and create other streams of income. So, y'all, right. Dude, I, w- I wish I would see Dooney out here with a five, $50,000, $100,000 necklace on and get shit. <laughs> I believe my jewels that I have when it comes to the information and the experience that I have now is more precious than any diamond or gold that I can wear around my neck. There you go. So if you ain't saying shit to elevate people, man, and to help people navigate through this life of hard times, man, you know what I'm saying? And you just stomping on them with some like, look at me type shit you know fuck y'all but look at me you know what i'm saying you got people out here hurting man in this yeah time, man. i think it's boosie who has a, a bible uh bible necklace man we have boosie walking around yeah he got a bible here yeah it's, it's open to some page a priest in his own right yeah he's a, he, you know, he a street priest he's he like street. a street god man <laughs> boosie can say anything to the street man and they will they will listen to him i'm man. telling so, you so he really has to be accountable and watch what he says man because they can incriminate him or it can lead a generation um uh to crash out so he really got so shout out to Boosie, man. Uh, shout out to Boosie. I would love, I'm, you know, I'm praying for him too as well. Love to sit down and chop it up with him on some real, you know, high consciousness, high vibration type shit. You know what I'm saying? There you go. I want to touch on something because you had mentioned that you were going through uh, a situation personally that, of course, was in some darker times. Um, are you able to kind of go into detail as far as those dark times? Was it you said it was based on your father? Was it women related? Was it personal? Was it health related? Uh, those start those dark times you were battling. Man, that's good, man. One was uh, just the text itself, and one was not understanding in relationships. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm looking into polygamy, and we're going to get back to that, too. But it was one of that because I was molested at 14. 13, 14 years old, I was molested. By who? But I was molested by a woman. By a woman. woman. What, you know was she a family friend? And so, no, it was me. I had got into some gang activity here in Dallas back in the 80s, and my mom... She was like, called my dad and told him he need to come get me. I was, I was over on Illinois and Overton. She yeah. said, you know, he's affiliated. He's going to end up getting killed or killing someone or just getting caught up to where he spent some time in prison. So he needs you right now because my dad stayed in the country. He was trapping in the country, you know, selling yeah. drugs and all that. He had like multiple houses down there. So he had to come get me. And I went to go stay with him. And so I had my own house at 14. You know, wow. he had three houses, he had three traps. So I had a trap house that I stayed in with two bedroom trap houses in the country and everybody vouched for you on that so wait house on Dawson Street. So shout out to V-Town. Shout out V-Town. But wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so I'm, I know I'm moving fast. But yeah, no way, I'm, I'm curious. No, no, I want to ask you, do you look at it as molestation That's back what then? what we're going to get to. Okay. That's what we're going to get to. So I was out, you know, wild and out smoking weed, man. I was exposed to a lot of stuff because I didn't have no order, no structure. My daddy was a dope dealer. He stayed up the street with his girlfriend. I had my own house at 14. That was just his trap house. The other room was his stash house, was stash and shit. 
And so, yeah, I knew that. That's how I ended up smoking weed early. So me and my partners, we hanging out, being managed. We 13, 14, trying to find ourselves. So we end up over this chick house, man. She 25. You know what I'm saying? So, and uh, and one of my partners told me, he 13, 14 like me. He say, man, she going to give you some. Now, I'm finna get real now. No kids don't need to be watching. I said, what you mean give me some? We smoking, watching porno and shit, just being managed with the boys. So one day we was- Were like, you a virgin at the time? Yeah, I was a virgin. Okay. 13, 14, I ain't never, you know, I didn't play with myself. I mean, you know, we watching porno, that's what you try to do as young men, is find yourself. You know what I'm saying? You start to tap into yourself. And so, uh, and so he said, man, my partner told me, we walking, he walking one time, he said, hey, man, she gonna give you some. You know, trust me, I was like, for real? Man, that woman ain't thinking about me. Trust there wasn't me. nothing wrong with it. I mean, it ain't what it is. And so we was over there, she tapped about three o'clock in the morning, man. We watching some porno, we fell asleep, I was high, and she tapped on my shoulder. It was dark in the room, and she told me to come here. And so we ended up going into the room, and uh, that was an experience. Now, on the flip side, if it was a young woman and a man messing with a young woman, then, yeah, I see why people would look at, you know what I'm saying, as statutory rape in, in certain states and stuff like that, and, and that's wrong, yeah, because she's not fully developed. But from a man perspective or a little boy perspective, he was already, especially managed like I was, I was already trying to find myself. And, and that was an experience that I didn't tell my mom or my dad because I didn't feel like I was violated. I felt like I kind of tapped into something. So You lost your virginity to a grown woman? Yeah, to a grown woman. So I was molested and I lost my virginity to a grown woman. You didn't look at it as molested back then, though. Say that again? You didn't look at it as you being molested. I didn't look at it as being molested. I look at it as though she kind of like matured me in a way to where I didn't tell my mom and dad because I didn't see no wrong in it. You know what I'm saying? And to this day, I didn't see no wrong in it. And it, it, it is wrong because women that got young sons don't want an older woman tapping and messing with their babies. You know what I'm saying? Would you do it again? But, but, but hold on. And so I, I was tampered with to whereas it created a sexual activity in the sex drive in me. So mm. I struggled with that because you asked the question. I struggled and I've been struggling with that for life uh, for years, uh, even in relationships, even in marriages, because I was more sexually active than the woman that I was married to. I was, and so it, 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 it became a drain to her to where it's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? And the so, woman that you were married to, was she older or younger than you? They was younger than me. That's I a problem. Younger, and that's what I'm saying. I think and who you had, who you lost your virginity to, you were looking for someone yeah, older. Yeah, and I was, I was, I was, I was, what you call, just, you know what I'm saying? That's a good question, but I was more aggressive, aggressively approached versus me approaching a woman. I see and what so you mean. so my, uh, my aggression is not there when it comes to a woman. I can see an attractive woman and I know how to be a passive aggressive to where I can speak to her and let her know I'm interested. But even in the bed, I'm active, but I really look for women that's more aggressive. To me. And, and sometimes it's I, more older women. Man. And so, and you, so yeah, that's just- You're touching that's, on something. You're touching on something. I didn't know I had to find myself. And that you asked the question like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I was dealing with some dark stuff, so that was one because it affected relationships, and that's why I'm looking into polygamy now and religion. And so we're gonna we're gonna get to that. And then the other one was religion because it tied into uh, a doctrine to where when I adopted Christianity, it was like you know one woman with the mindset, the traditional mindset with women over here. Um, and this diaspora of the Western society is especially in the doctrine of Christianity is one woman to one man, right? Yeah. You go outside of that, and we're going to talk about that. We go outside of that, then it's considered cheating or it's considered um, infidelity or things like that. So I was struggling with that. And so within that, plus Bishop, uh, as one of my mentors at that time, was not responding to me to where it caused me now to look into some other avenues to find myself. 
And so I was in a dark space. And that's at the time I met Mo3. And we were doing a song and I was like, man. And, and I knew I could, I could affect him in a way because I've always had that anointing and the gift. So when I met Mo3, it was like, we're going to do a strip club song. He looked at me like, nigga, you a priest. And to this day, Rainwater tell you, nigga, don't you a preacher? How you do a song with Mo3? A strip club song because I wanted to show him that preachers are not perfect, man. We're not gods. We're not uh, priests or preachers or bishops, whatever. We're humans. We put our pants on the same way an individual do. So we're human beings, which means that we are beings having a human experience. And so that was part I was going through a darkness of coming out, trying to find myself and to know thyself. And so as I got into the text and as I start perusing perusing through the Bible, the Quran, as well as the Torah, the Septuagint, I began to find teachers that imparted in me or poured to me that I needed at the time, which is like I said, Sarnetta, I met a lot of those teachers on Sarnetta TV. You know, Polite, you know, Saru Sutton said, General Seti, uh, I can just, man, I can go on and on. The whole conscious community, man. No, definitely. And you'll see, man, all them gods over there, man, the queens over there. You know? So we're going to jump around a little bit because I got to get your thoughts on this because, you know, I recently went to um, Charleston White's comedy show, man. T.K. Kirkland brought him out. Now, as I'm sitting in the comedy show, yeah. he was telling a story about him going to a barber shop. Yeah. And walking up out of a haircut because the barber wanted to argue with him back and forth <laughs> and debate him back and forth while he getting a haircut. He said, God damn, fuck this haircut, I'm gone. Yeah. Um, and it turned out that that barber was you uh, <laughs> that he was going back and forth with. Um, yeah. What was that? How did even Charles White come up in your barbershop? And shout out to your barbershop. You got your own Dunas Academy. Yeah. Uh, I want everybody to go holler at Dunas Academy. Probably, you know, how, how many locations you got now? Yeah, well, tap in, man. Yeah, tap in. We want G-Lane, man. Yeah, G-Lane, Gannon, man. You know what I'm saying? And Oak Cliff. I was so, borderline of Oak Cliff and uh, Duncanville. Next to um, uh, Jenny's, man. Jenny's. Everybody know, everybody know Jenny's yeah, in Duncanville. Yeah, yeah. yeah my right next to mother. Right next to Jenny's. Shout out to Jenny, man. You right there. From another mother. I feel like Jenny for real. How did Charles White get up in there, man? <laughs> the man, uh, good question, man. Actually, you know, before I start, fuck Charles White. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you owe me some money, nigga. Well, he, he didn't pay. Listen, he got up and left it look like. Yeah, everybody in the hood, everybody in the D know that, you know, don't it, you know, really don't cut as much no more. They know I'm, I'm, I cut celebrities. So he he didn't know that I charged $3,000 to cut a celebrity. Oh. And this motherfucker got a half a haircut. Now, oh, I'm going to tell it now because oh, he got on the show and I didn't get a chance to get my lick back. So I'm going to get my lick back right here, man. Fuck Charles White, man. He owed me $1,500 because that motherfucker got up with a half a haircut. Half a haircut? Yeah. But see, he started it. Did he, he say he liked the half that, he, that, that you did? Well, yeah, he liked the half he did. You know what I'm saying? But, but he started it, man. This is what he did, man. He came in and uh, how he found out and, and came to get a haircut was he came up to 97.9 The Beat, man. And, mm. and my wife works up there, Sharonda. We'll get to that, man. Yeah, shout out to She Sharonda. works up there and she was like, you know, and of, course she, of course she the boss. She yeah. runs the school. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm just the blueprint behind it or the brains behind it. But she runs everything. So she was like, you know what? Uh, I talked to Charles White. He need a haircut. He wants to come up there and get a haircut. And so because I cut celebrities, I said, no, I cut him because I want to make sure he get, you know, Celebrity service, yeah. coffee service, and everybody up there know I don't even cut her no more. Facts. I just teach, man. So shout out to Dunas Academy, man. <laughs> shout out to teachers over there, man. And shout out to all the uh, the all students the up there and all the alumni and man. everybody. You know what I'm saying? Even TBC, Texas Barber College, man, because you know I didn't put out over probably 800 barbers in the state of Texas. In the and they, they know you. They know yeah, you. So I'm known, man, all over the state of Texas as well as other states. And so to make a long story short, she told him about the school. He said, yeah, I'm finna do a show tonight. I do need a haircut. So he ended up coming over to me. And niggas was standing outside. Nigga, we on Gannon. 
It's just G-Line. We stand outside, but it's peaceful. It's, it's not chaotic. It's in order. And, and, and everybody respects one another. So we were just outside uh, just talking in the corner. And he walks up. And uh, I had already pre-warned everybody that Charleston White would be there. You know what I'm saying? So just give him the red carpet and show him some love. So he gets there. He's like, man, it's a whole lot of niggas outside. So I said, hey, Charleston. I said, come on, man. Let's get a cup, man. It's doing it. He said, oh, yeah. Okay, you're doing it. Yeah, your, your wife told me about it. I said, yeah, come on. So we got to talking. And uh, we just let him share, man. And uh, we even videoed it. Some people was opening up video. We just let him talk. But then he got on the pastors. Do you know the priest? I don't think he know. He, I thought he just knew me as a as a barber. Yeah. But you know, shout out to the red, white, and blue, uh, the barber gang. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what it is. Y'all know who the fuck it is. And so he got to talking about religion. And he started talking about pastors. You know, I think pastors should get robbed and all that. I understand how, why he would feel that way. Did he know you was a pastor at the time? No, he didn't know. Oh, so he, he just he's he talking to a barber who is a pastor about pastors. A, a preacher, and, and, uh, uh, a scholar in uh, upon the scriptures and the text. Yeah, when it comes to the like I said, uh, and so he got to talking about the Bible and Jesus, and then I said, well, okay, well if you want to go there, then we can go there because barbershops are known for religion. Uh, sports. That conversation, yeah. Still, I mean, we're talking the conversation that's supposed to be at, at the workplace. That, yeah. You yeah. have those at the barbershop. It, they call it, uh, back then in the, in the 50s and 60s, it was the black man's country club. There you go. You know what I'm saying? And so we'll get into that later. We'll get deep into that. But he got in, came in and started talking and not knowing that we was used to conversations like this. But everybody knew how sound I was in scripture. So when he got on the scriptures, he was, you know, he was like, wait a minute. This is what he said. I didn't know this. He basically looked at me like, I didn't know this nigga was so sound in scripture. So that what made him tap out. And Charlton White, if you know Charlton White, he ain't never tapped out with nobody. He nah, gonna over nah, nah, nah. and he gonna kill you with the jewels that he dropped, as well as the shock factors of saying some bullshit or some stupid shit. But at the same time, when he came to the scriptures and the text, man, he said it on the comedy show. Man, that nigga know that Bible. That nigga know that word. Yeah. But nah, but he owed me $1,500 and I know TK Kirkland them that paid him by now. He need to run that bag to me, man. God damn. Real talk. God damn. <laughs> you know, um, Charles the White, man. Nah, it, 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 damn it. If y'all can have that conversation and finish it, let's say if y'all had if y'all had two minutes mm -hmm. just to get your point across, what point would you have tried to make to him? Well, I would first of all, because I understand debates and I understand building. It wouldn't be argumentative. And that's what I was trying to share with him. It would be mostly building. I would love to build with anyone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But him, I would just listen to him first in the amount of minutes that he would like to talk, whether it be two minutes or five minutes. But I, I would have to have the referee like you, someone that's a mediator, to where when you give him five, two to five minutes, then I, without me interrupting him, I would require that same time back to either rebut what he's saying or to expound on what he's saying or to have my point of view uh explain there you go you know what i'm saying i well, have to be disciplined because he's undisciplined when it comes to debating or building he, he's argumentative at the moment so now i would like to build with you and there that's you what go. i was trying to share with him that day because i build with people i build with hebrew israelites i build with muslims i build with uh, jews i build with anyone that like to build on knowledge and come together collectively man and build something come up with something man to where we can affect the world in a positive way there you go. Real talk. Let me ask you. Let me ask you something in regards to um uh, your thoughts on this, man. Uh, somebody once came to me and told me Walmart is the Antichrist. 
They said, yeah, this is the end all, be all. Now, that's what someone told me. They were serious. Like, Walmart is the Antichrist. You kind of went into details why. And I can see someone else saying, man, you know, Facebook is the Antichrist. You know, this, this social media thing. Uh, let me ask you about that as far as what do you feel the Antichrist is? What do you feel? Uh, is it an entity? Is it a person? Can it be a thing? Is is there such thing as an Antichrist? Mm, that's a good question, man. Um, I would love to, like I said, in the future, have more podcasts on being consciously aware and understanding the text and what yeah. an Antichrist means. And Christ, like I explained in one of the previous videos that we've done, is just an office. The word Christ itself, if you study the etymology of the word, it just means office. That one carries the office of, of, of the anointed one, which mm. is a Christ. And so Antichrist is basically being anti, which is this or opposite of a Christ or a doctrine or a God or a deity that subscribes to the Bible. So everything that the Bible talks about, the prophecies, the, the stories that are in there, the principles, the concepts, the laws, you know, everything that, that this particular text talks about, which is a version, just the King James Version, then anything opposite of this becomes the Antichrist. And so the Antichrist is, um, is already here because um, it talks about it in Matthew 24 as well as um, Revelation, certain part. It's already here. It's been here before you and I was born. And it's mm -hmm. going to be here when you and I leave because we're beings having a human experience. And anything, any religion, any, any concept, any business that is opposite or tries to discredit the Bible or Jesus Christ or the deity or the God of the Bible is the anti-Christ. So would you say like social media in itself? Forms of yeah. With social media in itself, would you what is that to you as far as what you see social media puts in the world mm -hmm. that we consume and that everyone say, man, the world's gonna end, Jesus needs to come back, because what social media puts in front of us, mm. it, like we see that like, okay, this ain't supposed to be for our eyes technically, but we're consuming it and we're consuming it at a rapid rate. And we're becoming desensitized. People are looking outside of the Bible now for answers. Right. Based on what they see on social media at times. Right. Normally, when you're at home without social media, you got your Bible. You're reading through it. You kind of, you, you don't, you're not exposed to so much what's going on in the world. Your circle's kind of closed down to just you and the, those close around you. But social media has opened up the world mm. and people's eyes to a lot of things that were technically not supposed to be seen. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Well, I would necessarily call uh, social media the Antichrist. I would say it's a form of the Antichrist, which means mm. that it has uh, visuals on there as well as content that is opposite, again, of the text that one would subscribe to. If you're a Muslim, you would think that's anti-Muslim, you know, on a lot of stuff that pertains. If you're a Jew, that you would say that's anti-Judaism. So Antichrist, when it comes to the media, uh, when it comes to social media, can be used for uh, good purposes, I mean, when it comes to social media, the, if the content that comes across social media can be used as a, an, 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 an anti-Christ formality, but it also could be used for a Christ or a positive or a God-driven or a positive-driven force or platform to help one navigate through life. Do that make sense? I like that answer. Yeah. So that, man, it, it, it is how you look at it, on what vibrational level that you're consuming it or you're adding content to it. And so it, it depends on that spiritualism or that supernaturalism of vibration. You know what I'm saying? And so I like that you answer. Know, you know, if that affects your spirit to look at something on the internet, then you know you don't need to be looking at it. 
Because stop looking, we, stop looking. Yeah, stop looking at it, man. The swipe, you know what I'm saying? That's what the swipe button for. But sometimes things get our attention to where we be like, oh my god, it be shock factors. You know what I'm saying? And you know, be on some Charleston White type shit. It be on some all kind of shit and bullshit. So you see everything, and then it's been used to where people have been discovered on on social media. To whereas they it it's changed their life in a positive. It has changed their life so, in a positive you know, way. It just depends on how you look at it. But anything that uh, that opposes the text. Um, the scriptures, the principles in which help all of us navigate through life because there's nothing wrong with the church. There's nothing wrong with the mosque. There's nothing wrong with the kingdom hall, the temples. There's principles in every text that you study, man. And it just happened to be Christianity that grabbed me. You know what I'm saying? It has right. its flaws in it when it comes to the text itself. Uh, and You know, some stories in there that, that may be uh, historically sound or historically sometimes repeats itself, but it's to be challenged just like any other text, you know, and then we'll get into that later. So you, you don't condemn social media because if so, they wouldn't even probably see this on a reel or app or. No, I don't condemn social media. Uh, yeah, they didn't watch it. They didn't watch it. No, I just believe that you just have to watch as an individual what you put in your temple, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally and financially. Now, here's the deal. I grew up on, uh, on a future social media cartoon, which is Richie Rich. Uh, 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 That's Richie Rich, uh, the, the the cartoon where the little, the little white kid had a cell phone, he had a jet, he would ride in. Uh, uh, yeah, it sounded like Richie Rich. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Richie Rich, but uh, the Jetson. No, it was the Jetson. My bad. Oh yeah, too, but the Jetson. Rosie and all them. Yeah, Astro. So the Jetson. So I grew up on the Jetsons, man. So I was already kind of futuristic with understanding the cell phones one day will be here because did you I ever, wanted one. Did you ever wonder why the Jetsons, like all them buildings were on poles that led to nothing? Did you ever wonder what them poles was on that the houses, they they weren't they weren't floating on them, they were just on poles that you just never saw. Cartoon, you, ne- you never saw the earth, man. You never saw the earth. It was, it was cartoons <laughs> from that perspective. But, right. but what they was displaying though was cell phones. He was the first one I ever seen back in the 70s, late 70s. With a cellular phone. Early 80s, I'd say late 70s, mid 70s, to where he had a cell phone, they was FaceTiming. They was doing all that stuff, man. That's facts. Cartoon. That's facts. So yeah, that's facts, man. Nah, so, and, and and futuristic rise. We go, we gonna see the Jetsons. Yeah, man. So when it comes to social media, it's just a form of uh, of the world evolving through technology, and we just need to stay ahead of it, man. And like I said, we have to monitor it instead of it monitoring us. Which means that we just like a drug. You you know. I think ninety nine percent of the world is is on drugs. What do you What do you feel like? We got to talk about that too. Yeah, whether it be street drugs, uh, pharmacy drugs, or prescribed drugs from your doctor. But drugs is needed or though. Behind the counter drugs. I need if I need a Tylenol because my head is hurting. Yeah. Am I supposed to just go eat a herb? Well, you know, some people have this big anti drug type of uh, campaign. I think drugs is uh, uh, physically abused. Uh, uh, drugs that's uh, ignorantly uh, put in your system without you knowing or uh, prescribed from a doctor or something like that, then yeah, I, I would say, you know, stay away from that. What do you consider a drug? Like, is Tylenol a drug? Anything that causes your body to not act its normal way is a drug, and you should know your limit. So if you know you're not supposed to be sniffing or drinking or, 
or doing some crack or doing some weed or anything that causes your body to be chemically imbalanced, then you need to stay away from that drug because that drug can consume you instead of you consuming it and just having and putting you on a level of vibration where you're supposed to be. Rather it be marijuana, uh, rather it be, you know, popping a pill or whatever the case may be. Like I said, the 99% of the world is on drugs, whether it be opioids, whether it be behind the counter drugs, whether it be drugs prescribed from your doctor or rather it be street pharmacy drugs or whatever the case may be. So it's just the, some type of drug. It's the abuse of drugs that you have it's a problem the, with. It's the drugs that you would abuse and put in your temple that you know that don't belong there. And if it causes you to become chem chemically imbalanced to where it causes you to harm yourself or harm others, then you need to, that ain't the drug you need to be taking. Marijuana is of the earth though. It's of the earth, but they didn't even start fucking with marijuana because I'm a 70s baby. So I'm from the era <laughs> of what marijuana you had seeds in it. Where the fucking seeds at? Where the seeds? So what about mushrooms? That's from, that's of the earth. Mushrooms. Mushrooms from the earth, and our ancestors tapped into mushrooms. Yeah, psychedelic but effects. Not, not mushrooms, not for everybody. Not if to you abuse. Eat a mushroom huh? and that shit take you somewhere else. It is scared the fuck out of you. you that mushroom <laughs> I'm on cloud nine, planet yeah, yeah. X. And you need to do that at home in your own time. And sometimes that shit to call people, like I said, to be become uh, go to a chemical imbalance in their temple to where you can't take that, and that shit could take you somewhere where you can't come back from. So if you don't need that type of high, leave that shit alone, man. Rather it be popping a pill, a perk, or whatever the case may be, or smoking marijuana. So let me ask you um, marijuana is, I was, I'm an advocate of marijuana. And so if you're going to smoke marijuana, make sure you know what you're smoking, what strand it is, and what if it's sativa. Or now this ain't the 70s no more. They got all kind of high gone, it's a hybrid, it's it's yeah. mixed it's, nigga, I, I didn't mix this with like, yeah, like what the hell? Nigga, that's the moon rocks on on, on on Mars. <laughs> so I, I, I condone marijuana because I've never seen the reason why I condone that drug is because I've never seen nobody overdose on marijuana. I've seen, seen people it. overdose on behind the counter drugs as well as pharmacy drugs or street drugs or even now the fentanyl that's out that now. I mean, people don't need to be taking stuff that they doctor when it comes to pill or man-made that they doctor have not prescribed to you. But if you do, I don't knock it, you know what I'm saying? But know your limit. So if, me, if, if marijuana if marijuana was instead something you smoked, it was a pill you popped, like a pill of marijuana, would you subscribe to that? If uh, I would look into uh, as, as it Though it was, same effects. I, hold on, but I would look at it as uh, and shout out to Duke Farrow. He he's going to college for a, a ton of alternative medicine. Shout so out I Duke would Farrell. look at it to where I would study where what strand it is, how it was made, because anything man made, man, once man put their hands into it, to where they take away certain nutrients or they add certain shit into it, it's gonna alter it. Once it's synthetic, you know what I'm it's synthetic. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be organic, man, and that's what I miss—the organic weed, man. To where you know it gave you a certain type of chill feel, and the only thing it did was you get tired of smoking it, and then sooner or later you get hungry in a bit. Hungry, you know, get horny. Much you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, this weed nowadays, eat some, some synthetic time, food right after that. <laughs> yeah, but nah, but I condone weed but just know what you're smoking what strand whether it be indica or sativa or, or whatever it is do your research on it man before you put shit in your body because at the end of the day what I'm learning man at my age is to protect my temple and what I put in it 30 years ago man shit I wake up and eat a snicker you know some cold pizza you know what I'm saying there you go and I'll be good you there know, you I'm go 20 years old shit I'm, nigga that was my food for the day and I'm gone but when you get uh, a certain age you know what I'm saying uh, um, to where you've seen some shit you've seen kids come in Babies come in and you've seen the elderly leave and transition to the next world, then you begin to become seasoned or experienced in life 
You know, you don't know everything. I'm a 70 baby, so I don't know everything, but I do know a little bit because of experience, man. So, yeah, so that's just where I'm at with it, man. Let me ask you, um, what do you feel like religion uh, and AI will be like in the future? Do you feel like AI will help or hurt the religious and conscious thoughts of people? Well, that's a good question, but AI is already here when it comes It's to been here. Because all it is, it's just, it's going to speak to the text, man. It's going to teach you. You can already now go on certain apps and learn different uh, languages when it comes to the text. So I think that it even be better. But my only thing about AI is, is, is taking away physical jobs away from people to where they can't make a living. That's the only problem I, I would have with AI. But when it comes to the knowledge of it, if they can keep it under control to where we can gain from it when it comes to knowledge, because it takes us even to put into AI in order to, for AI to even accumulate the information. So AI could be used for advantages and it could be a disadvantage if it takes over. And like I said, uh, prevent people from really being able to make a living because that, I think that's the biggest issue, even with the writers and everything. So when it comes to the text, I would use it from that perspective of learning it from different languages. Because when you follow the text in the language, then you will see you will find the culture. And when you find the culture of the particular text and the origin of it, you will find the God or the deity. So let me ask you something. Uh, would you rather go to the grocery store and uh, ha have somebody ring you up and calculate your change mentally or based on a calculator? Um, I would... I would like it, like I said, when it comes to... Because either the calculator is going to do it accurately... It can do it accurately. Or the person's going to fuck up and but, there but might be error, did, human error. But I worked at a grocery store. I worked at, back in the day, I didn't work at a grocery store. I didn't work at it, it, retail places to where the computer still does, the, it just manually, it needs us to do it. Versus now you go to the grocery store and you scan your own shit. Scan like your own shit. You'll hire somebody to do this, man. I don't want to do this, man. I got all these groceries. I got to scan this shit. Yeah, the computer gonna get it right at the end. But of I'm working the more work. I want them to do it. Yeah. So pay them to do it. You know what I'm saying? I did it. And, and then it was like I said, it would allow people to, a job, man, so they can take care of their families. Because AI taking a lot of people out, man. Yeah. And um, you know, world ran by computers. Out, so, everybody broke. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. don't need it. <laughs> we don't need world ran by computers. Everybody broke. Yeah. We don't need that so, world. Sooner or later, man, we got to not let the computer take over us. We've created the shit, you know what I'm saying? But we have to keep it in perspective and let the AI know, shit, we still run shit, but but it can have its advantages before where we don't have to really do a lot of shit individually in order to progress in life. But if it's taken away from jobs, man, I say, nah. Yeah, I would say, what if there's, like, because jobs only mean that we're supposed to provide a living for ourselves, but what if everything was free? And what if we're just born, we're just, humans are here just to reproduce everything. AI is running everything. They're doing everything. Wouldn't you want to see a world like that? Like Wally or something? Like we're all just. Nobody make no money. It's free, but ain't nobody make no money. Niggas ain't making no money. Nothing, Come on, man. No, nothing costs nothing. Don't cost nothing. Let's just say it doesn't mean, cost anything. I'm just going to speak from an urban perspective. <laughs> if niggas ain't making no money, man, we're going to start doing some shit, man. So, <laughs> we got too much time on our yeah, hands. Yeah, we got too much time on our hands, and we're going to create some shit. We're real creative people. And sometimes we're the home people, man. So we got to eat, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, no. All right. Know, yeah, give me the AI, yeah. man, so we can keep making a living around here, man. So give me your thoughts on, uh, you know, people talk about the Illuminati. You know, we had some people here speaking on the Illuminati. If does it exist? What are your thoughts on Illuminati? Does it exist? Is it an entity that is real out here? Mm. That's a good question, man. So I'm just going to, you know, speak to it, and we can get more deep into it later. But the Illuminati is is definitely an organization that exists. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, 
Like the Masons? Uh, well, uh, it's associated with that, but mm-hmm. I think it's a little bigger. Than the, Mas- the Masonic temples are bigger than uh, the frat fraternities because they are just uh, small portions, uh, yeah. portions of the Masonic order. And then you have even street gangs because all of it at the end of the day are just secret societies. There, there are societies or a group or a sector of people that believe in, 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 in the particular um, information within that sector. Uh, they believe in that and they're, uh, they're sworn to sacredness to keep that secret. And so that's what an order is. Even in the church, the church is, is a part of a, a, a Masonic order. You know but don't saying? you feel like that's needed or should everyone be at the table privy to all information that flows Some through? Some people couldn't handle certain information. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? And so the, Illumin- the Illuminati is, is basically uh, one to just break it down in the definition of it is one that's enlightened. And okay. when you're enlightened, it's either with knowledge or the sacred information that the masses may, maybe couldn't handle, but at the same time to be able to c- control a chaotic mass within order, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, again, anything could be used from an evil perspective or a good perspective. And so even when you join fraternities in college, it has good positive stuff to it because at the end of the uh, Masonic order or the temple, or in, even in games, then it should be, uh, it's a sacred order and a secret order with the information, but it should have some positive things to come out of it to where you're building not only a people, but a community. You know what I'm saying? And and even to become a Mason, you have to ask one to become one. That's the first thing of the order. But the Illuminati, to to answer your question, does exist. Uh, We'll talk about that more. And it has a certain amount of people that's involved, small group. And um, I've learned from one of my master teachers when it comes to Illuminati. And I would advise everyone to go see his video uh, when he really talks about it in depth, which is uh, Pastor Ray Hagen. Pastor Ray Hagen is supposed to have been the Bishop Jakes before Bishop Jakes blew up, but he stepped down from the order of the church because of the information that he attained and retained, uh, attained through the research, the knowledge of the text. And so he deals with that uh, from that order, from the Illuminati, the Masonic order, the, the, the fraternities, uh, to where you can even understand the mindset of Crips and Blood in the sacred order when they made that because it was a secret order. And when you learn certain information, then yeah. Would you want to be um, Illuminati exists? Would you want to be part or have a seat at that table? And if you had to give up a loved one to do so, would you want to do it? Mm-hmm. That's a it good gives question. you unlimited knowledge to a lot of things you would not be privy to. Yeah, yeah and that's a good question. And and I, I believe that one, there are people that think like that, but I would believe that's as more of selfish uh, for self benefit. You know what I'm saying? I believe that when God has you on this earth living in this temple, the most divine, that you have an assignment. And that assignment is to build and help people. It's not to destroy people or want to see people destroyed. And so when you go into it with a mindset like that, that when you're willing to sacrifice someone else for your self-gain and for your position in the world, then that's selfish. To whereas you're not humble, first of all, and then you don't take other people into consideration. And, uh, and if you love someone, you want to see them win or grow, even to survive and be here. And I think collectively we all can come together and do that, but we have to have that mindset first. And so it all depends. So on let me, man, this is a deep conversation. I don't want to go deep in this conversation, but I'm gonna throw something on you then. Mm-hmm. With that mindset, um, do you feel like Moses was selfish in the sense that he wanted to take slaves from the what people that needed them? 
You didn't went to Moses. <laughs> no, I'm just asking. Mm-hmm. Moses wanted to free some slaves yeah, without a, without putting a system in place yeah. to help the people that needed the slaves to keep society going because he was selfish enough to say, right. I want to free my people. He said, my people. Right, 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 right. Well, the reason he said my people is because he experienced something. Now you're going to go to the text. So you're gonna, he experienced something which is uh, uh, being a product of his environment. Yeah. The Bible speaks about Moses growing up in Egypt. Uh, for 40 years plus, right? And so they're just like you and I grew up in this diaspora of America, which is the Western society. We grew up over here. Right. And you passed 40 years, that means you're going to understand everything that goes on in the U.S. more than you would anywhere else, whether you were born somewhere or not, but you grew up over here. So Moses grew up in the, in, in the Egyptian ways, which is he understood the text. He understood uh, the 42 admonitions of Ma'at when you start reading the hieroglyphics and you start looking at the temples. And so Moses understood that because he come from Egypt. And mm. whereas Egypt, Egypt is in, on the continent of Africa. It never changed uh, geographically. Right, but to have an exodus, though. But I know. Exodus is just a book or whatever. We'll go to that text. So Moses, uh, if you're going to go to the story of Moses, Moses, then Moses, then you would have it, it would have to come into question. Did that story really happen? Or yeah. is it allegorical? But we'll just stick with the text, right? All right yeah, the yeah, text yeah. says that he went when, when he went on Mount Zion, uh Zion, he he spoke to a burning bush, all right? And the burning bush said to go back and free the people. He said, When I go back and speak to the Pharaoh, then what should I tell the Pharaoh or who should I tell the Pharaoh who you are? And even the burning bush didn't have a name. The yeah. burning bush said, Tell them that I am, that right. I am. So what do we get names from? But we're going we gonna to talk about that later. <laughs> and so even when Moses went on Mount Sinai, he supposedly had got 10 commandments to thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Did he get them there or did he already know them? Because those commandments, 10 of them is a part of the 42 admonitions of my eye. So he already knew that thou shalt not kill. He knew that already. Why? Because he flee, he fleed Egypt because he killed somebody. Yeah. So he already knew if I kill somebody, I have to go. That means he already had a consciousness. He was aware of the laws. And so when he went, so so it has, it has, and we had to get deeper and find the origin. Let's say that for the podcast, man. So, we'll say that for yeah, the podcast. We'll say it for the podcast. So to say that Moses, did he have direction? Or do you think it was right for him to bring the people from the, from that? Well, yeah, because he was called of God to go do so. But then that's where the faith comes in at, because faith is something that you can't see. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so when you but when you study the text, you begin to understand why and understand those stories of why people had faith in something they couldn't see, which is the most divine of that unseen presence. It was always connected to a doctrine and so or a specific uh, text. And so this text is the reason why you see it here is the Ark of the Covenant. Because when you study the text of the priest, they always went and those children of Israel always uh, uh, Moses, when they exited, they always they exited to where they created the Ark of the Covenant or they felt the Ark of the Covenant dwell with them. You know what I'm saying? And this right here is just the crown of kingship. Just understanding who I am and what, what the most divine has me at as, as a God king. You know what I'm saying? As a Pharaoh in his day and time. There you information go. Information and knowledge and understanding who I am. You know what I'm saying? And that's not to disrespect nobody else. I just know who I am. That's not a prophecy statement. That's just a confidence statement. So when it comes that, to Moses, man, yeah. he was just a man just like anyone else, a character in the Bible that understood the faith that is something that transcends human comprehension to where we have to attach on to something because we are beings having a human experience. So we're human. You're human. Human basically color. And then man is the physicality of a man or a woman, okay? Uh, we'll talk about where we all come from, 
when we get there. Yeah. And then you have being. So that's where you get that word human being. Because we're beings having a human experience. So we all are connected to that which is divine. We all, we all are. So it's a matter of you know what text you will subscribe to, which means that when you study the languages, you will find the culture and you will find that particular deity in which that culture uh, attached itself to. All right, well, again, we're going to save it for the podcast, man. But all right, let's do it like this. Um, let's do it like this. Go ahead. Talk to me. Um, you, uh, I want to talk about, of course, uh, your situation in which, you know, uh, you have a video coming out and shout out uh, TTOD Bumpy Johnson. Uh, uh, you got uh, a song with Mo3. I think you might have released the last song with Mo3 after he passed away, posthumous song that he has. Um, in which, of course, you know, again, go y'all, y'all go pull it up on the internet. Uh, Dude in the Barber Mo Three, oh, yeah. uh, like you said, it was a strip club. It, it technically went to the strip club anthem, it's but it, yeah, it, it's a great, great. <laughs> you know, that's you're yeah, looking for a flesh. That's one of Mo Three's last, and again, posthuman songs that you're gonna hear outside of his album that's about to come out. Um, uh, Rainwater himself, man, uh, you know he. Like you said, he spoke on you about man. How you gonna do a song like that? Yeah. Uh, give me, give me your thoughts on Rainwater as far as just even him, you know, handling the business of Mo Three afterwards. Did did he have? Did y'all do business in order to get that song out? Did it? Yeah. Was there business problems that came between that? And then going again, you're linking up with TTLD Bumpy Johnson, in which again Mo Three, Rainwater. uh, yeah, Rainwater's managing <laughs> him. Um, how did all that work out? How did all that work out to make happen? Man, that's a good question. Yeah, we we tapped in. Me and Rainwater, man, we locked in and tapped in with Mo Three was alive, man. R.I.P. Mo Three, man. R.I.P. Mo Three for real. Uh, and we tapped in. Like I said, at the time where uh, I was going through, I was in a dark place. And when I did meet Mo Three, and we we decided to do a project together, uh, I was at that time praying God. I want to show him something different he ain't never seen before because he. He's a special individual that's coming up in this dead time. And so I said, we're going to do a strip club song. And, and, you know, and Rainwater was like, man, this nigga tripping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we did the song called Fading My, uh, not Fading My Flesh, but uh, Looking For A Flesh. And Looking For A Flesh, basically, you know, Proverbs 18.22, when it comes to a woman, right, you have to see her first. You know, no man gets with a woman until he sees her. You know right. what I mean? He has to look for her and he has to find her. And, and that scripture says, that text says, he that findeth the woman findeth the good thing. And so looking for a flesh first, a man has to see her in the flesh before he can connect with her spiritually, emotionally, financially. You know what I'm saying? In that aspect, before they connect physically. And so, but he has to see her. It's not good for a woman or it's out of order for a woman to find a man. No, that's out of order. She it's out of order. It, it's out of order. And so we end up doing that song, looking for a flesh. And, uh, um, um, I ran into some problems. I got this video shot. I ran into some problems with Rainwater uh, introducing me to a guy that did the video. So we even have video footage on it. And we shot it at Big T Bazaar. We shot some of it at uh, AVS, which is Artistic vi- Visual Studios. Yes, exactly. Uh, shout out to shout out Artistic Visuals. You know yeah, shout out Doug, man, over there with Half Doug, Pine man. doing it up. So, and so we, did, we rented a party bus. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, y'all went all the way out. Yeah, we went. I went all the way out, man. Rainwater told me what to do, and he guided me through the whole thing. Yeah, you know? tell him this is gonna be a look. Yeah, this is gonna be a look, whatever. But what happened, man? <laughs> it's been happening. Rainwater got into it with Cornelius, man. I'm just gonna go. Cornelius Beats. Shout out Cornelius, man, with All Star. And I, I don't, I didn't, and, and I didn't understand they, they quarrel or they beef. But I was just doing business because Rainwater at that time, Cornelius was shooting a lot of Mo 3s videos. And so I did end up doing a video with Cornelius and uh, paid him for it and everything, man. And um, 
And it was time, you know, I'm all over the place. You do visuals on me, and it might be a month, six months, a year, I'll get back with you and say, hey, man, you still got that visual? So I would do that sometime with Kaniz to where he kind of, you know, he kind of got offended a little bit. I said, well, go ahead and send me the footage then when you get a chance, and I'll get somebody else to edit it. But by that time, when I did try to reach back out to him, him and Rainwater had some issues not too long ago. And y'all had to go research that. Yeah, go pull that but up. I called Rainwater because when I called Kanee, he stopped answering my call. He stopped affiliating himself, you know what I'm saying? Because I guess he felt like I was still attached to Rainwater. So I called Rainwater. I said, hey, man, uh, Kanee's won't give me my, my, my visuals, man. I mean, what's going on with that? So Rain said this. He said, yeah, Kanee's be tripping now. Uh, you know, me, you know, he and Timmy got into me. He said, yeah, he be tripping now. He still got three of Mo3 videos he won't even give me. I said, well, what, is, what that got to do with me? And he was like, man, so he be tripping up. So I just figured that there was a, a beef between them two to reason why that he's holding on to the footage. And the reason I say that is because last I spoke with Kanee, he claimed that he lost it. Now, if you someone that professional supposed to be that's something he told that's just something he told you you think no he told me that i'm saying that's just something you think he had it and he just told you that or i don't know that's He's, I, I don't know i mean i'm a barber and i'm not gonna lose <laughs> clippers you know what i'm saying yeah. so <laughs> right. i mean you nigga, you that's what you do for a living even if it's the back up some shit back it up you know what I'm saying? i can tell you the day that it happened everything you mean to tell me you lost some shit that you this is what you do for a living yeah oh, hell no so so I told niggas that in the street, man. They were like, man, you should go get at him. I said, nah, man. I mean, it ain't that serious, man. It's just a fact. But I just want to let everybody know if they do see a song with me and Mo3, then that's I own the copyright to that. I'm going to put my disclaimer out there, man. So get that shit to my grandbabies if I'm not here, even in the future. That's that's my shit, man. But between him and, and Rainwater, they need to work that shit out. But just to let Cornelius know, man, I don't have shit to do with whatever beef y'all had. I just need my shit. I paid you for it. You know what I'm saying? And even with Rain, when, when Mo3 was still here, we was trying to finish up and add on to it. And you know what I'm saying? And we supposed to be doing that, but we never did because of what happened to Mo3. But now he claims that he lost it or he want to reshoot it. And I was how we going? How the fuck we going to reshoot the video of 3 in here? I said, man, just give him a shit, man. And so I just walked away from it. But to bring you all the way up to TTOD, how we met. Well, TTOD, before he even started uh, met Rain, TTOD was just a young, a young guy, man, and just... Uh, from Ennis, uh, they came into my shop, one of my, my my school, my barber college, and one of my students was cutting his hair. And he kept on begging me. I guess he heard that I was, you know, a music producer. Or I've been doing music for a while. So he just kept on saying, hey, OG, I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. And, um, and I said, OK, cool. And I said, do it got cussing in it? Because we have a certain atmosphere. He's like, yeah. I said, well, let's wait till the end of the day. Just hang around. When he can do your haircut, I'm going to put it in, pop it in. So we popped it in and it was a song changing my ways. Yeah. And he was sounding like three a little bit. And you know, and this just happened to three. And I was, and I told him, I said, man, you 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 definitely gifted and talented. I hear your music. I mean, man, you got it, man. I said, uh, but don't be surprised if people share with you that you sound similar to three. I said, but that you you're not three because you have your own way. You know what I'm saying? And uh I said, but you're talented and it's gonna shine. And I said, one day I would like to do a song with you, we'll do a gospel song. He was like, for real? I'm like, yeah, man, we're going to do a gospel song, man. So, so since that time on, we stayed in contact with each other. And I just kept seeing him grind and grind and grind. And one day I called him. And I, I think at this time he started, uh, Rain recognized him. And because Rain wasn't going to touch him at first because he sounded like three. But Rain had to respect his hustle and his grind. And that's what I've always respected out of Bumpy. And so I said, Bumpy, let's go ahead and do the song, the gospel song. I got some on my heart called Thankful and Grateful. You know what I'm saying? It'll just be a universal song. 
uh, where everyone, um, despite in spite of their religion or what they believe in or whatever, then it could be universal to where we all are just thankful and grateful for the most divine of, of, of where we have come from, where we are, and, and where we're going. Just be thankful and grateful, man. Even just the very fact that you woke up this morning, you should be thankful and grateful. So he's like, man, OG, let's do that song. So we end up getting in the studio doing that song. And that one wasn't through Rainwater because me and him had already previously talked. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's definitely, uh, re- we, we uh, just released it right before Thanksgiving. So yes, sir. It's hot. All digital platforms. I'm somewhere in the video. You might see Joker somewhere in the video, Real Life Street Stars. You- Joker came and did a cameo. Yeah, got a cameo in that motherfucker, guy. Yeah, I called him in, and then uh, I had some shirts made up because I, I did some other songs as well. So yes. I'm going to tap in with Rep Doonies the Brand. World. Yes. Doonies World on YouTube, man. Doonies World. Uh, but definitely, man. That's how we... Now, that's a great song. And TTOD Bumpy Johnson, man, has a voice that is uh, uncanny. That's um, and y'all two mixing, it's just it's just a beautiful thing. It's hot, man. He got that song slanging on. I mean, hey, uh, go tap in with TTOD, man. I, I, I've been praying for him as well as all the Dallas artists, man. A lot, I got a lot of nephews out there. That's what I call them, man. There you go. Gully. You know what I'm saying? From all shout out Gully. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Gully, man. Uh, Mondo Brown. Shout out Mondo. Coming up, man. Even SK. You know what I'm saying? So shout out SK. That, that I've I, I just been affiliated with to where I've mentored them in certain areas to where I've spoken to their lives and I told them that God is going to elevate you with the talent and the gift that you have. Just stay faithful at what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And if you ever need to preach, call me, man. And uh, we can just be on some level to where if you don't understand what's going on spiritually, call me. And I've even got calls, even from Mo3. You know what I'm saying? I've sent him some things to where Rainwater said, man, man, Mo3 called me and told me, man, you had shared some stuff with him, man. He said, man, you the priest for real. And I said, for real? And, you know, I said, well, I'm always praying for him. And uh, Bumpy called Thank you for that. Not too long ago, Bumpy called me one time at about two o'clock in the morning, man. And uh, y'all pray for him. He was going through something, and uh, <laughs> and uh, man, and, and he was disturbed about some things um, um, uh, that he was going through in his personal life that he didn't understand. And so I began to share it to him and minister to him. And um, he was like, "Man," and he just asked me questions. I need your help, and I, I would deal with him and I would share some things with him, and it resonated with him to whereas man, he was just feeling it, and the phone hung up. And I tried to call him back, and I think the phone had died or something. And I tried to call him back, and it's like 2 in the morning, but he wouldn't answer, so I called Rainwater. And so Rainwater picked up the phone. I said, hey, man, I was praying for Bumpy. I was talking to him. Man, you need to call him and check on him. Have you talked to him? He was like, no, nah, I ain't talked to Bumpy uh, none today. I said, well, you need to call him, man. It's 2 in the morning. He said, man, that nigga going to be all right. He, you know what I'm saying? He just made me laugh. He was like, he always do something. I was like, man, you tripping. He said, but uh, he going to be all right. I told him to stop doing all that, man. And uh, now, he, now I'm glad he called you because now you know what what it Because he be denying. It's either the devil or God. Like, it's whatever, right, man, whatever. So I, I hold him up in prayer to make a long story short, as well as Rainwater and as well as everybody in the city. And I believe Rainwater is definitely uh, the modern day A&R you know, that has to connect with, would rather be Empire and anyone in the industry to where he can really make a difference in this industry, man. And so me and him talked a couple of times about managing and I brought up, man, listen, I don't need you to travel with me. I don't need you to, to even take my shit to the radio. I mean, uh, the uh, no radio station, but uh, the uh, record company. I said, when well, people start calling me because I have a name, doing it to priest, and, and a lot of people are, are seeing that I'm, I'm putting out more music and projects, so I'm going to be getting some calls to come and maybe minister or perform. And um, so I would just need you to do my paperwork for me, and I'd give you a percentage. 
Man, I don't want to take nothing from God. I said, Hey, it's real. I said, This is a business. And I said, I've been uh, doing, I said, We're not going to take nothing from God because I don't play with God's money either. I said, But when I go out, like when I did pull your pants up, I traveled for about three years. And sometimes people, you know, in the church or outside the church or community events will give me honorariums or uh, pay my writer. You know, that's just for my time, the flight and things like that. And just to get that together for me and I will pay you 20 percent. But his perspective is taking money from the church. No, man, it's not taking money from the church. Church do business all the time. Church is big business, man, at the end of the day. No, nah, facts, Go facts. Ahead, man. Yeah, nah, so I, I gotta ask, um, you know, uh, you know, we're we're talking, you know, we 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 shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to get your thoughts on um Uh-oh. on uh you have mentioned uh polygamy. Uh shit. I just gotta get, you know, you say you're trying to look into polygamy now, you know, first you know, the the, the Western culture is all about monogamy. <laughs> yeah, and I you're know. saying as Dooney the Priest, you are saying you are looking into possibly looking at worlds of polygamy and that might be what is to make man happy. Uh give me your thoughts on that, because you know, some men might need to hear this. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you asked me that, man, because like I said, it stems back from previous uh question you at oh I, when I spoke about the yeah the sister yeah right? situation. And I, I'm more sexually active, so I I found myself in relationships to be uh, more sexually active than women that I've been with. To where you know a couple times I even stepped outside of a marriage. You know what I'm saying, which is a covenant agreement that you would make with the uh, United States or your particular state, which is uh, a cohabitant agreement that you would go down to the courthouse and pay maybe thirty five forty dollars for, it, and you would sign this paperwork to where she take your name. You know what I'm saying, and y'all document it within the rights of a traditional marriage. Well, um, according to the law, back in uh, 1882, it was a uh, Edmonds, uh, it, they call it the, uh, it was passed through the Edmonds Anti-Polygamy Act in, in 1882, to where that's when they did away or made it unlawful to practice polygamy. You know what I'm saying? So polygamy has been around way before time, but I didn't know this because I come up under the doctrine of the church, which is one wife, one man. Now, polygamy is not for everybody, okay? But if you study it and the origins of it, then religions practice it. You look in the Bible, then, you know, you will speak, even Moses had multiple wives. You, some of these guys in the, in the Bible that, 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 partic- that, that were called by God had multiple wives as well as concubines, okay? But it's not for everybody. But within this culture, within this culture, or the Western society, when it comes to this doctrine, then that's the tr- traditional mindset to be married to one man and one woman. And then you had the Edmonds Act come along and make it unlawful, which is a man-made law. It had nothing to do with the original covenant, a cohabited covenant that you could make with a wife or multiple wives. Why not just date multiple women and have them live with you? Like, why why marry them? Well, you can marry Like, why be possessive? I I noticed you had, uh, you know, shout out to Kevin Wesley. You had Kevin Wesley, and, and, and yeah. you have to have even that in order. You know what I'm saying? To where, yeah, you can date, you can have multiple women. And I, I didn't understand it as I stepped outside of my marriages to where that, that was innate in me to probably have multiple women. I couldn't have like thousands of them, but maybe one or two. One or two, so or three or four. And so, yeah, three or four. <laughs> He's about three or four. I, I would say two. At my age, I don't think I could do it. About two, about two could do it. Yeah, about shit. But to look into it um, um, is to maybe court a woman, to date a woman, and to practice and put in your cohabitant agreement that that is that fits both parties or all three parties or multiple parties to where it could be customized. To where you are, and, and, and when you sign that cohabitant agreement, 
which you could do now. Uh, you, I've always been able to do it, but you just can't go get married in the court system because under the laws of the court system, it's only one man to one wife. Correct. And if you marry outside of that, it's uh, null and void. Outside of that, it's infidelity. But if you marry outside of that, when you're still married to that particular person, it's called a bigamist. Yes. You go to jail, it can be a felony for that. Correct. So, but if you co- uh, practice polygamy uh, and you have a cohabitant agreement to where you all sit down and y'all write up something that fits both for y'all or all three parties or parties that are in concern, and then that fits y'all, whether it's to stay together or whether your wives are to have individual places. Because me, one of the things I would do, my wives would have individual places because my wife now, uh, we're married, we're cohabited married. We're not married through the laws of the United States to whereas we are, are married under the common law. And in the state of Texas, you have common law. You be with someone for six months to a year, uh, more or six months or more, then it, it falls up under the laws of Texas as common law. You know what I'm saying? But we hadn't went down into the courthouse and documented it as that, as such. But we have a cohabitant agreement. So my wife now is a heterosexual, like Kevin uh, Wesley was saying, that she, she's not into other women. So I wouldn't need her to go out and find me another woman. You get what I'm saying? Now you have women that are into women, and if you're looking into having uh, that type of relationship with multiple sex partners, then that woman could would be the one would really be the aggressive to go get another woman. But I'm with a woman that don't. So I would I'm curious if you were to bring another woman in, would she be uh, about nine, ten years older than you? Uh, it it all depends on her mindset. It's not really her age, as long as she's legal. You know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't get them too young at my age because uh, some of them have traditional mindsets where they're looking for one man and that's it. Some of them ain't seen the Jetsons. Uh, say that again? Some of them ain't seen the Jetsons and don't know what the hell you're talking about when you yeah, when you say, hey, I like the Jetsons. <laughs> and, and explaining them where I'm at and they be like, yeah, I'm cool with it until we start really, really getting like involved. They be like, no, wait a minute. What does she know about it? What, she understands. I've talked to my wife about it, but I want to make sure before I bring you to my wife that you understand that what we what we're about to encounter. And most of the time, man, with the mindset, if you and I've dated a couple of young younger girls as well as older women, they their mindset, uh, it's nothing wrong with it. You know, they're just where they are. If they grew up in this with this particular mindset, especially if it's Jesus or the Christian doctrine, then they 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 have a challenge or they have it challenges them when you start talking about polygamy because they don't want to go and look at it from its origin state as well because because they've been psychologically already trained that one man should be one woman versus studying the text so if you want to go there with me this is just where I'm at if you're not right there I understand wait, wait, you wait, have to continue wait, this relationship wait 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 a minute wait a minute wait Dooney, are you saying are you saying you would use religion to get the puss no, I would say that religion plays a part, not religion, but the text plays a part in structuring your uh, relationship because oh, you have yes, to have yes. those principles in it. You got to have structure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And principles. Yeah, you got principles in it. You, you got to have that. I would want my woman to be dedicated to me because I'm going to be committed to her. We just in a multiple relationship with, with my other wife. But uh, I wouldn't want you, you know, going out being with another man. Now, there are relationships. And there are women now that feel like they should have multiple husbands or be able to do what they want to do outside of the relationship. It is 2023. And it's 2023. So I don't knock on how anyone, whether you be transgender, heterosexual, gay, or whatever a part of the alphabet you may be, I don't knock anyone of their sexual behaviors and how they encounter a, 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 a sex desire or to be with someone. Because at the end of the day, my whole, you know, 
my whole my whole take on that uh, would be I had a song called It's Still Gay that I took down about 10 years ago and it went viral like in a week and I took it down because um, it was coming from a religious point of view and it was going to be if it was still up to this day, I probably would be the talk of the, of the country right now because that was the fastest growing song ever because uh, that I've ever put out other than pull your pants up. But I took it down for the simple fact my mindset changed and versus me looking at it from a sin point of view to a just going against the natural order point of view. And the reason why I say that is because of the knowledge that I've attained now. So gay stood for God and your sex dot com. I had the website and everything. That was the acronym for the word gay. God and your sex dot com. And I was dealing with it from that perspective of, 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 of one living outside of uh, uh, antichrist life outside the order of God. And so that was another thing that I had to go and search for from a natural point of view and to come to find out through the knowledge that I've attained that it's it's not a sin. It's just one fight against themselves or the natural order of the most divine. So let me, we all are put here to be productive. Let me ask you, um, is there a difference between co-parenting and polygamy? Co-parenting and polygamy. Which Meaning like if you have, let's say, uh, multiple parents, you know, raising a child. But, you know, because polygamy is definitely just between you and two other women, mm. you know, having sexual relations and, have you know, Doing what y'all do to make yourselves happy, but also when it comes to parenting, mm -hmm. it does become, of course, you a woman and a woman, uh, you and another woman, you know, raising a child like the mother of the child, and yeah. like, is there a difference? Do you see in polygamy and co-parenting, or is those two separate things? Uh, I think co-parenting could be affected within polygamy. Which means if you're going to practice polygamy, uh, rather it be two women or two men or whatever the case, or multiple uh, outside of uh, multiple uh, outside of the duo, duo which is two, um, I think it's just a matter of the principles that you put in that child. So if you got three women raising a child, then at some point you're going to have to have some type of big brother that comes into play or an uncle that comes into play, so you can balance that child out and give that child at least a chance to find out who they are before you can identify that child as being transgender or uh, uh, opposite sex or whatever, because one would tap into who they are the way they was born. If you were born to be a man, your organs gonna show that. When they open you up, when you pass away, this temple go down, they can open me up, man, and they do that during autopsies and study, open you up, they are gonna view my organs. And if my organs say I'm a man, which is I can't reproduce like a woman can, that means I'm a man. Now, I can say I'm a woman or want to be a woman all day long, but that's just going against the natural order on which we was born in this temple to be. So let me ask you this. Um, if you have a child mm -hmm. and you live a polygamous relationship, yeah. uh, the mother of that child is not one of your two wives. Mm -hmm. It's somebody from your past. Mm -hmm. But the mother of that child is also living in a polygamous relationship with let's say two other women and a husband. That child now has you with two other women, its mother with two other, a woman and another man or two other women and another man. Do you feel like it may cause confusion in the whole order of things? If let's say everyone prescribed to that, everyone prescribed to what you're on. It, it would only cause confusion if the one that biologically had that child didn't sit down with that child and explain the order on which they are all functioning on. Because children are very smart, and the internet has proven that to be so. 
You know, even the grandbabies coming in now, they're smart at what they know, right? And so that means they can attain the first five years of their one, you can, you can, if you are in polygamy relationships and stuff and multiple relationships, you are, as they start asking questions, to explain that. And that should be part of the process in training a child up in the way they should go, you know, and they'll never depart from it from the psychological point of view. And that's what happens. We never sit down with, with those that are up under us and explain what we already know or how we are acting. And we expect them to know because we act that way versus us sitting them down and, and doing Q&A, which is questions and answers, and, and, and getting it from their perspective or answering the questions that they may have and for they can get an understanding on how we are or we chose to live. And so, yeah, I think you can, you can raise a child perfectly. But give them the, but my thing is give them the, the ability to choose for themselves because I see we having a problem with, with that, and that's where it's coming into where they saying children at a young age uh, uh, maybe psychologically thinking that they're not supposed to be who they are when it comes to be them being born a male or a female. So give them the chance to really identify with a man if you're a little boy, to identify with a male figure or someone that can mentor you and show you your testosterone um, characteristics on how to be a man versus you teaching that boy to always be around a woman and learning the feminine side. Because we do that tap into our feminine side because one day we're gonna be coexist with a woman. So we got to know how she feels, how she thinks and everything. So I don't have a problem, and I don't think that's a problem for us to teach men how to treat women. But I have a problem when we just expose little boys only to women, you know what I'm saying? And that can play on his psychological image as being a man and vice versa with the women. You know, if you're facing a daughter, you need to expose her to women. You know what I'm saying? If you have multiple men that you're sleeping with, you know what I'm saying, which is going against the natural order, but you can still set order, uh, allow order to be in that child's life to where they can make their a sound decision for themselves. And if they choose to go away to where it's outside the natural order of the divine, then let them make that decision based on the fact that they've seen your lifestyle. They either agree with it and like it, or they decide to make their own choices in life to say, this is what I am based on what I've seen and what I know and how I feel about myself, you know what I'm saying, within. And so, yeah, that's... that's. All right, so lastly, um, I just want to touch on this uh, before we head out, man. Um, you uh, recently uh, were displayed on the news for doing a Cowboy song that, of course, was going viral last year, uh, that the Cowboys were headed to the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, shout out Dak, Dak Prescott Shout out Jerry Jones uh, You know Zeke Elliott's not here no more But you did a song to me Is one of the better Cowboys anthems That Dallas has seen And again this is America's team Like you said on the interview It's the world's team Because the world pay attention to the Cowboys um, Tell us about that anthem Tell us about where you feel the chance of the Cowboys They just played today as we watching uh, Last we checked it was 43-17 to 17. I'm sure they beat the Chargers um, Tell us about that anthem and the Cowboys And do you want to see them go to the Super Bowl and can they get there? What are their chances? What the fuck? <laughs> right. Well, first of all, man, uh, coming up in the 90s over here in Oak Hill and Dallas, yeah, yeah. We all know the Rose Bowl. We all know the Rose Bowl. We won the Super Bowl. So I'd have been to the promised land. Yeah. Okay. So I know it can happen. Yeah. And so not only am I a priest, man, that, that walk by faith and not by sight, but I believe that we, we have a team that can do it. And so last year, uh, actually, I wrote this song years ago and it's called Welcome to Dallas. And then, um, uh, cause we're Super Bowl bound. So yeah, it's on all digital platforms, man. Y'all go, y'all go tap in with it. Welcome to Dallas. Welcome to Dallas. Uh, you can find it on the Super Bowl bound. 
Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl, Super Bowl bound. And, so, and so I took an insert of that and, and gave it to the radio station. Which is shout out to uh, Magic ninety four five. My boy Mo Dave over there. You know he shout out Mo Dave. So I got ninety four point five. Dude, shout out to Bink and ninety seven nine to beat. You know, shout out Bink, Big Bink. And so last year, man, uh, it was about to take off. I gave him a cert, uh, insert, and it said Super Bowl bound, and he played it. And he plays it before the games. He plays it all week before the Ricky Smiley show and all that. And so it became prophetical, which is, you know, I'm a prophet and in, in, in to be a prophet. So I spoke it that we're going to win the Super Bowl. And so they played it, man, all the way up until like the 50s. Playoffs. Yeah, to the playoffs. <laughs> we got to really go in the playoffs and it was starting to look like I prophesied that it was about to happen. And so it's like almost like, man, the industry or whoever owns the word Super Bowl, Spoke a curse on Dallas, man. The word I had the, I was like, a, so they called me and said, we're going to use the song, but you got to take that word out. I said, well, what word is that? Did I cuss? They were like, no, you didn't cuss. You, t- you said that they're going to the Super Bowl. You got to say the bowl yard or something. Said, <laughs> to the bowl yard or to the bowl. I got to take the song out. I got to take the word out. Is, is we going to the Super Bowl? They said, yes, because you can't say that because somebody owns that word. But wow. Right. I said, wow. That, wow. that was the first time I ever heard of uh, 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 that phrase or uh, the way it was put like that in the music industry. And, and, and it's crazy because there's a song from the 90s that was for the uh, Cowboys that was uh, to the bowl, y'all, yeah. uh, to the bowl. They didn't say Super Bowl. They just said yeah. to the bowl. Yeah, you can't say Super Bowl. <laughs> and so I found that out the hard way, so I took that word out. So y'all can tap into Imagine 94.5. They planned it now. Did a drop for Ricky Smiley, D.L. Hewley, uh, Vita Loca, uh, Indy B., uh, shoot, Action Jackson, Throwdown Sam. So y'all go tap in and then uh, bank them. Um, and the song was about to blow up last year. So that was one perspective of it uh, that, that I had to take that word out. So I took the word out. They kept playing it. And so it, it gained traction to where Channel 11 did, locally did a story here on me. Yeah. So they was playing San Francisco. It was, they was about to get ready to play San Francisco to go deeper in the playoff. And Channel 11 called me as well as uh, Magic uh, 94.5 and said that uh, Bink over at 97.9 The Big wanted a drop as well because they was about to put it in heavy rotation there. And the, the news station was going to put it in heavy rotation all that week if they would have beat San Francisco. But you already know what happened with that. Yeah, we but know what happened with I that. I believe we was cursed. Whoever owned the ninth Super Bowl, man, get out the way, man. Let us win our Super Bowl, man. Let us win our Super Bowl. I believe we can win it. We got the team. I just think that. Uh, and I got to speak to the coaches, man, over at the Cowboys because I'm a Come diehard Cowboys Come on, McCarty. Man. I'm a diehard Dallas anything. The Rangers. Shout out to the Rangers. We in the World Series. We in the World right Series right now. So, yeah. It's tied up one and one. And so I believe that the Cowboys got potential and they got access to win the Super Bowl just like anyone else. But, uh, man, just man, that, that got skills, man. But I need Dak to open up, man, and really go gorilla mode into what, what he could do. And to the coaches, we got that uh, uh, Cooper Rush on the side to help, and we got that other young quarterback, Lance. That's his name. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we uh, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. Hey man, listen, I think we need to mix it up 
And um, yeah, I know y'all paying Dak a lot of money. You know, of course he's he's maybe maybe too much money, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking about too much. But I know y'all paying a lot of money, but man, bring in Cooper Rush every, every once in a while just to mix it up, confuse the uh, the opposite. The, the, That'd be wild against, to have a a, a, a quarterback. Man, so, against the law to uh, it ain't have but three quarterbacks. No, it ain't. Quarterback? But to have them throughout the game, a game oh, scheme of every once in a while, bring that boy, that young boy lands in, and even if you just bring him in the height and just hand the ball off, do that. <laughs> then every once in a while, just to fuck him up. A little bit. Yeah, just mess him up. Then every once in a while, when they least expect it, let him use, use his leg and let him and roll him out to where he can see, get vision of the field. And if he don't, he can check down. If he don't see a receiver open, he take off. Because I believe that boy got some legs. I won't argue that. But Cooper Rush, he's he's real. Uh, he he he's psychologically challenged in the pocket. I like Cooper Rush. He showed me something last year. You know what I'm saying? But for this winning a big game, I think he was nervous last year with the Eagles game. But I'd say bring them all in, mix them up, man. That way, the quarterback could, could become a threat, that position, as well as all the other threats that we have on the offensive team, as well as the defensive hey, listen, team, man. Stephen A may feel a way about what you're saying. He may hey, not man, listen, He I'm may saying, not all the way Stephen agree a, with you. Stephen A is not in, in Dallas, man. He's not <laughs> grassroots, right? He, so he's not qualified to say He ain't qualified now, to He's say. in sports. I give to him. He knows sports way better than I do. But he don't know the grassroots. He don't know what I see down here because I'm in the trenches. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if you want to mess up and fuck up the, the defense on the other side, switch up some quarterbacks, man. Again. Lead Dak in there as our main quarterback. Put that young boy in there every once in a while, man, and use them legs on third and five. We you saw, know what I'm saying? It's, we saw the fourth quarter. It was uh, 43 to 17. That just lets you know that Dallas is pressure. Yeah, we pressure. Um, we pressure. You know what I'm saying? So but be the, prophetic again. On real life, she stars. What is the Cowboys? What do the Cowboys end up this year? Go ahead, tell us. I'm gonna tell you this: the Cowboys gonna end up at the Super Bowl this year if Ooh. they dominate their division first. We have to yeah. beat Philly. They got to be Philly. Not only Philly, keep beating the Giants and keep beating Washington. Okay, okay. or the Commanders. As long as we can beat all them. Yeah, as long as we beat all them. But that's good. We've done that before, so we've always earned a spot in the playoffs. What we need to do now is... Can we get to San Francisco? We need to play like wild men. We ain't going to bring San Francisco right now because we ain't ready for San Francisco. Shout out to San Francisco, man. But we need to go out there right now and build our confidence back up. Play like some wild men. Play like you want to win the Super Bowl. And play like you've been playing since in your peewee league. You got to this level. You got to the pros. You here now. For a reason. You, for a reason. And you got to... Your talent is being exposed. So play like you know how to play when you get out there to play. And I promise you... Game by game, if you have that mentality of a wild man when you get out there, you're not taking an L for nothing or no one, I promise you, game by game, you're going to look up and you're going to be seeing yourself in the Super Bowl. But before you get there, we may have to see San Francisco again. That's we may have to see San Francisco again, man. Let's go ahead and do it, man. All right, Dooney, man, for those that, uh, you know, of course, want to follow the movie, man, see what you got going on, man, follow everything that you're about, man. Uh, go ahead and tell them how to get at you, man, uh, as far as social media-wise. Tell them where to follow you, all the programs you got going on, man. Go ahead and throw it out there. Oh, man. Yeah, just, just basically at Dooney the Priest on IG, man. Um, uh, YouTube, uh, Dooney's World, you know what I'm saying? And uh, just got to give a shout-out, too, to everyone, man. Everyone I've ever mentored. And I told you about Duke Farrell, man. I mean... Yeah, shout-out Duke Farrell, man, for real, because he, he, he applying pressure. Yeah, he a block of God out there, man. And, um, you know what I'm saying? So, so I know a lot of people don't understand him, and uh, a lot of people, just, you know, just like they don't understand Charleston White. And I've heard Dewberry get up and say, you know, I, they, Charleston White is my nigga, man. I, I knew Charleston... Charleston White before he even blew up on the internet. Well, Duke Farrow, man, you know, I've mentored him for a while, and he, he deals with a, 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 a illness, or he's been diagnosed with uh, 
Augsburg. Uh, I think it's Augsburg, because I think you, but you, you study that particular disease, then you'll understand why he have outbursts like he does, and, and uh, he acts like he does. And so, and if you even notice the world, sometimes I go on his platform, and me and him can have decent conversation, and he never gets outrageous, or, or get out of line, or, or gets uh, defensive when we're talking, but we can talk on a level to where I understand him, and we can build together. And I think he wants to build, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, I understand a lot of people may feel about him a certain way. Any in a celebrity boxing match, my money's on Duke Farrell. But I take my whoever, hats off to him. Whoever he for, boxes. I got it. And I take my hats off to him for uh, him going back to college and study alternative medicine. And but Duke Farrell uh has it has been proven and tested that he he loves to fight. You know what I'm saying? Even if you look at he didn't came to my old hood and uh fought some bloods over there, rode the bus. Anybody that rides the bus Ride the bus to a fight? To a fight. Uh and fight a gang of people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, have been to me jumped in. I th- I, I tell him all the time, you're a crip in the blood. And then uh Charleston White, he put Charleston White out. You know, I know y'all probably Yeah, we know. seen that, we seen that. He's the one he the one put Charleston White out when Charleston White had braids. And, uh, and, and, and and sometimes we'll talk about Charleston White and I'll tell him, I said, well, Duke, you can't be mad. I said, because you put him out. He's your product. You know what I'm saying? So you want him to be great when he came to see you or you came to see him and y'all spent that time together. He studied you. So you can't Man. be mad because your, 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 uh, your student studied you and he took off. I said, what you need to do is embrace that. And so when you see Charleston White, he's a product of Duke Farrell on times 10. Okay, and anybody that get, and I say that to say this, and I'm gonna go back to Charles White. Anybody that get up uh, from a half a haircut, is something wrong with them. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Psychologically. And I think that the state house from where, I'm, where I was born at, Vernon, Texas, or the state house, mental house that's in Terrell, Texas, I think Charleston White, they didn't uh, accidentally released him from one of them. <laughs> but anyway, I, I fuck with Charleston White, man. I would love to build with him. And, uh, Thank you again, man, for having me on Real Life Street Stars, man. Hey, it's um, been a, it's been a eclectic. Me, and we can talk about whatever, man. Let's talk about it out here, man. Hey, definitely, man. Let's go bring it back for the podcast, man. But for right now, man, I think this is a definitely good conversation to lead into what we need to talk to talk about next. We already have him here in the building, man. You already know what it is, man. He, we got him on the blue couch this time. <laughs> Duke Farrell. I mean, God, I'm about to say Duke Farrell, <laughs> goddammit. Yes, Duty the priest, the priest of the yeah. streets. Duty the priest, Duty the priest of the streets. What's going on, man? Come on, man. Y'all see him, man. Man, he is yeah, on the couch, man. Divine, man. Again, hey, third time's a charm, man. The alumni, man. Hey, yeah. Dooney, you are a real life street star, and man. I pray, real life street star, like I told y'all before, man. God has elevated y'all platform, man. I'm always being prayer for y'all, man. And uh, anytime y'all want me uh, to talk to me, man, you know I'm here for you. And um, I just constantly, like I said, I gotta pray for everyone. I pray that from the crown of y'all heads to the soles of your feet, anyone that's watching, man, that the most divine will bless y'all spiritually and most emotionally, financially, and physically, from my family to yours, man, you keep God first, man, the priest. Let's go. Let's get it. Shout out to Real Street Stars, nigga. Moolah. Hey.